knew how close they came to having the Barker show today, hey? Well, they might be happier. Hey, they, may, they, they might. Be. The ratings would go through the Higher. roof. You could just sit there and smile at people. That's a great point. I did pay a lot of money for these dudes. <laughs> it is Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, The Fan 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, the Blue Jays lost 6-5 to five to the Baltimore Orioles last night, and not, not good. 6-5, I mean, 6-5, but it's, you know, it's the Baltimore, it's the Baltimore Orioles, the Yankees ho-hum won, the Red Sox won. Um, you know, I guess the only good news for the, for the Blue Jays yesterday, well, there's two, there, there's two spates of good news. One, Vladdy got hit in the hand and was okay. Uh, on a change hope up, so. but nonetheless, uh, thank you. We hope so. And uh, two, at least the Rays lost, even though it was the Yankees who beat them. Yeah, the Rays are, are chucking the ball all over the yard, which is is it's weird. Oh, well, it is. That's very weird. Like they're they throw. It's like little league. <laughs> like you tune into their games and they're chucking balls all over the place, which is very odd. And, and again, they're still winning baseball games because they can pitch better and, and you know do other things better than most teams do. But it's odd for for a Rays team to be doing that this late in the season. Mm. It really is. Let's talk about the Jays. Uh, you say Kikuchi. Four innings, five hits, four runs, four walks, four strikeouts, two homers. Kevin Barker, he, what, how many swings and misses? Well, that really, at this point in time, it really. Yeah, really, 10 swing and misses. 10 swings and misses. We've talked about you say Kikuchi, work in progress, et cetera, et cetera. When, and, and the backdrop, of course, of yesterday's game is that Hyunjin Ryu has conceivably pitched his last game That's as a member sad. of the Blue Jays. That's sad to hear. It is. We'll it talk. Really is. We'll, we'll deal with that a little later on because I got some thoughts on it as well. But um, so against that back backdrop, and with Ross Stripling already in the rotation, yes, it's the Baltimore Orioles. But Kevin, I think the Jays were looking for more from Yusei Kikuchi just to kind of to keep things. Keep things uh, ticking along with the Yankees coming in. What did what did you see from him? First of all, any issue with the Jays sending him back out? I didn't. I that, uh, again, you know, you you could go either way with this. If if Trevor Richards looked like Trevor Richards, who started the season, yeah, yo, yo, you're okay with maybe saying that you don't send him back out there. He's 66 pitches in the tie game in the fifth inning. Okay. And then he gives it, up a home run to Austin Hayes. He but does. you're right, 66 pitches in a tie. I mean, it's not unusual. It's not. It's not. You would think that a guy that throws that hard that has reinvented himself and figured, you know, not not to have a crutch with the cutter and, and throwing more sliders. I, look, I, I guess if you want to stand and pick at that, you can. I, look, I could go both ways there. Again, it gets back to you have to know your bullpen. You have to know the guy that you're bringing in can give you some shutdown innings. And Trevor Richards, I, does, does he look tired? Not for me. He just looks like the breaking ball's not breaking. He needs all three for the changeup to work the way he wants it to work. And when the breaking ball's not working, it's got a little floppy to it. That floppy's good hit, and that's a BP heater. doesn't spin. That's that's sort of, for me anyway, maybe he's forcing velocity. Maybe he's trying to force break on the, on the breaking ball. It looks like he's got a little falling off to the first base side, which will tell you, Maybe he's hunting velocity. Maybe he's tired. Again, it gets back to that. They got five guys in that bullpen who are on pace for 70 games <laughs> this year. Yeah. Uh, if they're really, really good, that's a great thing. Yeah. But uh, but are all of them really, really good? You could probably argue no. So, yeah, you know, I know your your next question would be, does Ross need to go out and try and find starting pitching and and, well, and, we can... and some more arms? Absolutely. Like, you can never have too many of those. And, and you know, is Thomas Hatch the answer? 
You know, you say Kikuchi, you could say, I know you started this show with it's the Baltimore Orioles. If you walk up and ask you say Kikuchi, he's probably not going to say it's the Baltimore Orioles. No. Uh, Ryan not, Mountcastle, Homer. I mean, there was, uh, let's face it, there there was a lot of hard, hard contact. This, he's fighting this, something. This was not, you know, like the other game where he had little, you know, where there were bloops and then and, and weak contact and mm-hmm. balls just finding a hole. I mean, there was hard contact. You know, Hayes, the second at bat at the game, that, that shot to center field. Uh, it was hard contact right from the I, get-go here. I could say mechanics are off. I could say pitch selection. Uh, I could say, uh, what could I, you know, I could say. <laughs> the, the one thing I can say is you can tell people playing behind him. They have a little, it's Groundhog yeah. Day in them. Like you can tell walking around their faces, the way they catch baseballs. Even the pickoff play that Bo had that wasn't a pickoff play. The only person that thought it was a pickoff play is you say. That, that's, that sort of sums it up right there with how they look and how they act when he's pitching. It's sort of like, ho-ho, here we go again. We could see it from the left field press box because you've got a view of the back of the infield. There was an awful lot, and you played the game, so you know what this means. There was an awful lot of pawing at the dirt. You know how infielders are always mm-hmm. are doing that, and it's like, you know. Hands kinda, are on your hips a hands lot. Hands are on your hips a lot. You're mm-hmm. pawing at the dirt. Uh, look, there's a little uh, stone there. Uh, I want to get that out of the way. Where can I go eat tonight? It was. Chris be open after the game? <laughs> you know, for, <laughs> you know for, for, for a team who's starting pitchers, seemed to rely on pace. It, it was just a noticeable, it, it was noticeable that it wasn't very smooth last night. I'm going to ask the Gabriel Moreno question. Um, his first start with Kikuchi. Uh, okay, I'm going to raise it. Now there were, and you brought this up on, on uh, Blue Jays talk, a couple of sliders that were thrown at, you know, 3-2, do I, I've got a 97-mile-an-hour fastball. Rushman, a 3-2 slider in the first inning. A guy, I, who's hit, a guy who's hitting a buck 62 buck with 83. no homers or a buck 83 with... Uh, why are you throwing him a 3-2 slider when you're throwing... You, you touch 97 in the first inning. That's the question. That's not Moreno going to a slider. <laughs> he's 22 years old no. in the first inning. He's not calling a 3-2 slider. No. Let's, let's not lie about and it. Like, if he does, this he's is, very creative, maybe too creative. He's not, he's not going to no. do that. That's shaking to that pitch. And that, uh, that gets to the point of, you know, the, the, there's a couple things to simplify this. The velocity for you say is up and down so much, you wonder why that is. Sometimes 93, sometimes 95, sometimes he'll touch 97. He ain't pitching at 97. Why is that? If you can, if you can touch 97, why aren't you pitching closer to that number instead of further north from that number? Of like 93, it's more 93s than it is 95, 96. Why is that? It, you know, sometimes when you're forcing it and you try and make it that hard, it's not that hard. I'll and you t- consi- consistently can't stay at that. And that's the big question I got from him. I'll tell you one thing. When you watch you say Kikuchi, you begin to realize why, and I'm not saying it's going to happen this year, but if this is what the Seattle Mariners were seeing from him in the second half last mm-hmm. year, you begin to understand why you wouldn't rely on him for a playoff push. When you see this, if this is what they were seeing, and I understand he's made changes, he's not throwing the cutter anymore. I get all that. But this would just frustrate me to no end because, like you, I'm seeing 97, and I'm not seeing it enough. And I am seeing it towards the end. So it's not like he's running out of gas because he'll throw 97 in his last inning. Mm Mm-hmm. 
last innings in the fourth. Fourth, but you know what I mean. No, but but I mean he's throwing. It's not like all of a sudden he's he's throwing 92, 92, 90. He's got ninety seven in the tank, and and I, I mean I don't against a team like this. Just go out and throw your fastball. Throw your fastball. You've got three hitters. You got two hitters. You have to worry about in this lineup. Mullins and Mountcastle. I'm not real sure. It's the the team he's facing is what he's fighting. He he is fighting something when it comes to attacking the zone. Does he trust his fastball enough to say because he's scared said, of is he scared of contact? Uh, scared scared no no scared, scared of contact. Word. Is be he scared of contact? Be scared. Be scared. Be careful about saying scared. Like, like he's he's well, he's got three full seasons of big leagues. Been around. He's thirty years old. How many thirty year olds you know are scared? Of contact, well, that's, that's I'm not, saying. That's a, that's a big word that okay. I'm not comfortable <clears throat> saying out loud, right. so I'm not going to say that. But I, but I will say he's timid. <laughs> timid, timid's a different word than scared. Okay, so yeah, no, it, it is. That's fair. I'll give you that. Timid. I'll, I'll give he you looks that. Tim, he looks timid to I me like he's, he nibbles. When you nibble because you're not a location guy, you're more of a supposed-to-be stuff guy, you tend to fall behind and you have a lot of easy takes. And that's what you're seeing, you know, even from teams that you should be attacking a little bit more. You see easy takes, and when you what I mean by easy takes is is I get my athletic position, and right out the hand I know it's a ball. Mm. Right out the hand I know mm. it's a ball, and you're seeing a lot of two o, two one, three one, three o counts. I could be better hitter in those kind of counts because right. now I know he ain't gonna throw the split change. He ain't gonna throw the slider. I hope he ain't. It's what we talked about. It's what we talked about with leverage with Ross Stripling yesterday. Uh, count leverage is a big deal. It's a, it's a bigger deal for me anyway with hitters because of how hard they throw in the shift and how much they throw secondary pitches. Right. But you can tell when you talk to good pitchers, they they think count leverage. Oh, well, and I mentioned this to Ross yesterday about how important it is to throw strike one with multiple pitches. Do it different ways. Don't always think you have to do it with a fastball down and away. Don't always think you have to do something with a fastball in all quadrants of the strike zone. If you can do it by, you know, doing something with your thumb and making the breaking ball, however, whichever breaking ball you throw, make look different. Mm-hmm. Where that hitter goes, I ain't going to swing at a 72-mile hour breaking ball because I don't want to roll over. I want to get my pitch. So that's the point in being an advanced pitcher. But right now, why is that? That's the question. You're Petey told you without telling you coming out and saying that they had two bullpens between starts. You don't have two bullpens unless you really no, think something. Unless you, and, and, and that's yeah, you, and that is something. To, it gets back to that that's first true. inning. He looked to me like he's trying too hard in the first inning. When you try at the big league level, because that try normally means I want it to go there. I'm not pitching it there. Right. There is a giant difference. And if you notice the first inning, he worked, he was working hard. Like I, I want to aim it over. Like it's it, why is it not going there? It was going there in the two in the two bullpens that I threw. That's the thing he's sort of fighting. And look, this is you, you, you don't have any choice but to run him out there. You don't have really any other options. I mean, he, again, he does have good velocity, he is left-handed. That's odd because there's not too many of those. But something's got to be fixed. And, you know, on the flip side of that, he does have the best, in my mind, the best pitching coach in all of baseball trying to figure it out. They've already made the big adjustments that they need to make. Now, I'm not sure Petey can fix what his problem is. When you have something going on between the years, that's that's not something a pitching coach can walk up and go, do this. <laughs> yeah, right. He just can't do that. And confidence right now is what you say does not have. A pitching coach cannot teach you to have that. And he's going to have to get over that, and he's going to have to have confidence in his stuff to think that I can attack it and I can continue to do it. And if I walk a guy, it's just not going to destroy my outing. It's sort of like when we talk about Vladdy. 
you know, throughout the season, you've seen Vladdy, especially in his first at bat, umpire called bad pitch just ruins his entire day. Like, it just seems like everything that I worked on off the field, and now you're calling it, and I'm behind the count, and now I get a rollover, a jam shot to the shortstop, and it's ruined my entire day, so you can basically count on me going 0 for 4. You say it's the same way right now. How does he get out of that? And me, that's not pitching coach. That's you say, and that's mindset. Let's see it. We know that his last start, his previous start, uh, when he, he didn't make it out two thir- through two-thirds of an inning, one of the things Pete Walker had told people is what he wanted to do. They, they wanted to get Kikuchi through the first, get him in the dugout, you know, whatever they're going to do, look at video, talk to him, whatever, mm-hmm. then go back out, uh, then go back out for the second inning. Like the first inning has been his kryptonite. It's, it's, it's been a tough road to hoe for... Uh, for, for you say Kikuchi now two bullpens between starts you're right that's that's they're bringing it to his attention that they think something's up and they're trying to correct it and change it up a little bit maybe maybe they've tried everything else and they've tried they're saying okay well if that didn't work change routine let, let's maybe try and make it a little bit more like a, a game ready bullpen. almost the same game sort of a thing sure like get fired up well get i told like, uh, have I told some aggression that, when you're throwing it i told you that one of the things joe kerrigan used to do when he was expos pitching coach is he would they, they would throw they would simulate a first inning you know pick i don't know 15 pitchers or whatever they would simulate a first inning in the bullpen he'd stand in and they would go through like you know if you're playing the padres this is what you're going to throw to tony mm-hmm. Gwynn, and they would literally pitch first inning so the guys heated up now, basically, the guy sits down, you have the anthem, boom. I mean, I, have, I've, I don't know if we're, you know, if we're at that point. I don't know if, if uh, you know, if the sports science folks would, would go along with that. But it's, uh, look, uh, on, on a day, and I think we knew that Hyunjin Ryu was probably done for this year. We don't know yet the nature of the surgery. Mm-hmm. But I think the word was out that the Jays weren't counting on him for the rest of the sure. year. And I know Ross was asked after the game, or I'm sorry, before the game yesterday about internal options, and they have internal options. But, you know, Nate Pearson is working in two-inning chunks uh, since he's joined Buffalo in rehab. Look, I said this in Blue Jays' talk last night. I'm not counting on Nate Pearson. When Nate Pearson should... Nate Pearson is going to be a gift from the baseball gods if he lands in my lap this year. I'm not sitting here saying, well, if we can only hold the fort till Nate Pearson gets up here. Uh, you can get by, Charlie. Montoya. Yeah, you, you you can get by if Ryu's yeah. done. You can get by for now with uh, Barrios, Gossman, Manoa, Stripling, and and Kikuchi. If he can give you if he can give you five you innings, can you can get play, by with that. Because of your offense and your defense, you, you can, can make, make the playoffs. playoffs. But if you can't count and you say Kikuchi, and you've already taken Ross Stripling, one of your 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 hybrid guys out. And put him in the rotation. And keep in mind, Ross Stripling's done well, but Ross Stripling hasn't faced, he hasn't run the Yankees, Red Sox race. No, he hasn't run, to. he's about to. He mm-hmm. hasn't run the gamut yet. And I'm not saying he can't do it, but I'm, I'm just pointing sure. that out. Yeah, I, I, I have to think that at, at some point, um, you know, we talk about adding left handed balance. I think your focus now has to be almost 100% on pitching. And if I can get a lefty, if I can get a lefty hitter at the trade deadline, pick a guy. Ian Happ or something like that, that's fine. But man, if I'm if I'm Ross Atkins, uh, I have to focus on I have to focus on pitching. Gabriel Moreno, three for four, two RBI in his home debut. He now has two RBI. Adley Rutschman, the top prospect in the game, has no RBI in 82 plate appearances so far. Mm-hmm. 
I watched Moreno in batting practice yesterday. This is the first time I, I watched him up close in batting practice. Saw what you were talking about, kind of resting the bat on the shoulders and lifting. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you make? What did you make of him last night in in, in that three for four offensively? He's, he's got a little Kirk look to him. Like Kirk, Kirk is starting to learn how to ambush and get the head out and try and create a little backspin early in counts. But he's a bat to ball guy. He is a line drive singles more guy than he is an extra base hit home run guy. And that's sort of a little bit what you're seeing with Moreno. I, Look, it's a little early to be judging what you think he can actually look like. I know he's very athletic. We can, we all know that. Look at look at the pop up times, and you know, he yeah. probably doesn't have the strongest of arms, but he's very quick behind the plate. He gets to his feet quick. Looks like a twenty two year old. Like that's the only way I can say it. He looks like an in shape twenty two year old behind the plate who is spry. Man, he's jumping around back there like he can't wait to get up yeah. and throw somebody out. So that side of it's okay. The game calling him. I don't know what people expected. I mean, he's catching all these dudes that that are, you know, expected mids. They're in mid, mid-season form. He hasn't all he, these pitchers are, they, they used, can set guys up. They can throw OO breaking balls. They can throw backdoor cutters. They can throw sinkers when they have to. And you're trying to be, you're asking a 22-year-old to jump right in and be all on the same page. Impossible. He hasn't used PitchCom before as well. So the, he's the pitch comp that. for me is not a giant deal. I'm sure, you know, talking to John Snyder and, and being around him, I'm sure off the field, they're letting him walk around with that thing, be used to pushing the buttons yeah. and knowing how to push it, not have to look down at it all all the time. Just a little keep the flow, you know, just getting used to when you need to push it. And uh, Silly, but that's what you go yeah. through when you're 22-year-olds and, and you're and you're not trying to be noticed. That's the whole point when, when you're getting called up and you're you're on a contending team. You don't want to be noticed. You don't want to be the guy, that, you don't want to be the guy that lets the side down. Yeah, and the, uh, give pitchers credit. They've been really good at not doing this. Out there, like they're not they're doing not this. They're not showing it's, up it's in there. You walk around the mound. You do. You just don't do nothing. You just stare at him, and then when he gives you the right sign, you yeah, you sort of shake to it. So they've done a really good job of not drawing attention to that part of it. I'm not gonna do that. I, me personally, I want him to hit. Oh, they all everybody talks about how good a bat to ball guy he is, and okay. You're 22 years old. You should have enough bat speed. You should not have enough control to know the strike zone. That's why you're the number one don't, prospect. Come up and show us a little bit of that. I'm, I'm more impressed with that than I am some little bit of what he's going through behind the plate. Don't you almost want, though, the guy to come up and first and foremost hold his own offensively, contribute? You said about not, you know, not, not standing out in a negative way. Offensively, that to me, is what he, he, he does. If he's going to be in the eighth spot or the ninth spot, uh-huh. I'll, take, I'll take singles out of there. And maybe the power comes, maybe it doesn't come till next year. Maybe it's a full, you know, he needs a full year of major league sure. experience, the, the meals and, and all that stuff in the weight room. Mm-hmm. Maybe that is the thing with, with, with him. I just want him to play good defense and, you know, get on base every now and then. Uh, you know, I, the... I guess the question I have is, well, we, we might know more about Danny Jansen today. I believe Danny Jansen, the swelling's down on the hand. I believe there's a, uh, they're going to take a, take a closer look at the hand. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know how he's going to be judged when Danny Jansen returns. He's going to play. He's 22. You can't sit over there on the bench. Yeah, no, I, I exactly. Down, I want him to play down exactly. there more. He's going to play. Exactly. But Kirk will be doing most, most of the DH, and I was But, assume. Kevin, you know, you know as well as I do. If this, 
if Kikuchi has another wobble with Moreno, uh, and that, James by the way, is how he him. wants to pronounce his, his name is Moreno. It, 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 if some of these guys have wobbles with him, as you said, this is not a development year. It's a development mm. year for Gabby Moreno. It's not a development year for the Blue Jays. And I'm not saying you can't walk and chew gum at the same time. It's hard. Though. But, you know, last night, for example, okay, that play, the, the, uh, the strikeout wild pitch, the throw to third base. You should know that. You should know that. You, I, I, I kind of, and when I initially saw it, I, I got the thought process, but then I said right away, no, I got to get that out. I, I, I've got to get. Right, right-handed the hitter, out. guy's probably got the base stolen. You got to know how many outs there are. Okay, I don't care if he steals third base and there's two outs. My, my, my pitcher makes a good, my Mateo was at second base. That's who stole yeah. the base. He's a fast runner. That's what he gets on base. He creates havoc that way. If he steals third base and there's two outs, who cares? Yeah. Just make a good pitch, get the guy out, it's have still, a sack it's, fly, it's, and it's the inning's over, no no harm, no foul. But it's those, now you put your, your pitcher in a bad spot, now it's first and third, one out. Now what? Now, now it puts pressure on your defense to make all the right plays. It it just puts unnecessary pressure on parts of your game that you don't need to have. But that's why, again, you're 22. You call the 22-year-old. Yep. That's what's going to happen. Brandon Hyde is manager of the Baltimore Orioles. They will play the third of four games tonight against the Blue Jays at the Rogers Center, 707 first pitch. Man, he's got some arms in the back of that bullpen. Oh, my God. I was telling, I, I was in mm. their clubhouse, Felix Felix Bautista is a massive human. You think they'd trade one up to the Blue Jays? I don't know, but uh, it's, you know, we'll ask Brandon the question. We'll ask Brandon the question about, about, because people sit there and say, why the Orioles aren't going to contend? Why don't they trade all their relievers, get something for it? You know what? There's something to be said for when you have guys like Rushman and your team, and now they've got the Stowers kid, and they're going to have other prospects up, and you got Mountcastle. There's something to be said for, Throwing the boys a bone every now and then and, and you know, doing what he did yesterday. Put your closer out on the road to give you more than one inning to beat one of the best teams in baseball. Kid, when, you don't think that that has an impact on the dudes in that clubhouse? Re, 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 I love re, the way he managed Remember that in Buffalo, whenever the, the gate would open and the Blue Jays yep. would blow a lead? There you go. That, that's the whole point. Your kids get you the lead. You expect it to, to keep that lead. Brandon Hyde joins us next. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590 The Fan, Sportsnet 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. The smartest takes on the biggest stories in sports. The Fan Drive Time with Ben Ennis and Stephen Brunt. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Tim Kirkjian of ESPN joins us in the next hour. We have tickets to give away later on for the Monday, June 27th game against the Boston Red Sox and as always Barker's back leg bits your chance to talk to Kevin Barker DMs are open we have a ton of questions for Mr. Barker but I'm pretty judicious I'll I'll pick through the uh, good ones so you still get a chance you still get a chance to ask Barker a question if you want the uh, Baltimore Orioles beat the Blue Jays 6-5 last night at the Rogers Center and Kevin and I were talking about this before the Orioles uh, came into town and um, noticing how noticing how good their bullpen was, and you know, there's kind of a and we saw it, we saw it last night. Uh, you know, I mean, 
It looks like an AL East bullpen to me. A bunch of guys coming out throwing 97, 98, 99. Um, you know, and and exactly the type of guys that the Blue Jays have had trouble with, uh, have had trouble with this year. But we kind of had this discussion about, and this goes back to when I covered the Montreal Expos, and they had really good relievers, even on teams that weren't that good. And the the question was always, okay. Our team is not going to go to the postseason this year. We've got all these good bullpen arms. Shouldn't we trade them? Like, what? Why do you need a bullpen when you're not going to go to the playoffs? And Felipe used to fight with management all the time because his point was, look, you're giving me a bunch of young guys to build a roster around and try to create a winning culture. You know what's not good for a winning culture? Having a 5-2 lead going into the ninth inning and blowing it because I don't have a bullpen. So... We're going to bring in Brandon Hyde, manager of the Baltimore Orioles, and we do appreciate Brandon joining us. Brandon, thanks so much for your time. Um, I, I That in particular interests me about your team, and I wonder if you could maybe maybe give us your point of view on it because as the trade deadline gets co- close, everybody's going to say you got to do this, you got to do that. But I look at this team, I look at Rushman, I look at Mountcastle, I look at some of the other young guys, and I go, if you want to create a winning culture, you've got to win games, and if your bullpen's going to help you do it, that's not a bad thing, is it? Oh, no, no, it's not. And you know that that has been a that has been a struggle here. You know, the last few years is where we just couldn't hold leads or stay in games. You know, but we haven't acquired pitching either. So we're we're you know the last few years has been guys that have been here or guys that have come up through the system or or mostly they're all waiver claims. Mm-hmm. And that's what we have actually this year too. Is the majority of our pen. Are are um, guys that were designated for assignment from other teams? Lopez, who's closed last night. CNL Perez, who pitched last night. Batista is a ten-year minor league pitcher. Um, so every one of our bullpen guys, except for two or three, have been were waiver claims in the past year or two years, and we've done really well with that. Uh, these, Lopez has changed a role. He was a starter for a long time. Um, had. Good times, bad times. Uh, I decided to put him in the bullpen last year to see what it looked like, and and now he's throwing 99 mile hour sinkers. So we kind of did we did a nice job with with, with some of these guys and identifying guys that could help us because it has been a problem here the last few years is being able to hold leads, and that is that does that does make it for a tough clubhouse. I mean, I think we've done the best we possibly can the last few years. But it is tough to create a great environment when you have a hard time holding lead. When guys work seven, eight innings to get a lead, and then for us to not finish the game, um, especially against the teams we play night in, night out, like the Blue Jays, that's really challenging. Brandon, is there anything that you've had to learn as a manager when you're trying to develop? You know, you have that uh, Adley Rushman behind the plate who's your top prospect. He's coming up. You want to develop there. You want to break him in when it comes to the pitching and calling games and all those things. So you want to develop, but you also want to be competitive. Is there anything that you've had to learn to, you know, be a better manager when it just comes to, you know, the fine line there of, of do, do we always want to win, which we do, but we also have to develop. Yeah. I mean, it's, we're, we're not in position right now. I mean, we're very realistic of where we are. We have improved. Um, there's things that i haven't done the last few years because of knowing our situation where I haven't overused bullpen. I haven't uh, maybe pushed a prospect starter. I haven't caught Adley right now, three days in a row, like things like that, that if you, 
might step on the gas in a, in a little bit of different situation. Um, but I, I am trying to win every night too. Mm-hmm. So you kind of have to balance, uh, you have to balance developing young players in the big leagues. We've, we've, we have quite a few right now. We have quite a few guys right now with under a couple of years ex- uh, of major league service and Ali's one of them. And, Kyle Stowers is here. That was that's one of our top prospects. He came for this trip, and Mountcastle's still a young player, and Hayes and Mullins are now like in their third years. So we're, we're starting to to get you know get younger and getting more talented, and and um, but we do try to put out a product to try to win every single night, do our best, and and uh, you know that we're playing better baseball this year so far. With, with Adley, is there is there one thing that you noticed that you went, man, I didn't really know that, but he's really good at it. On on the flip side of that, is there anything that you've noticed? since he's been in the big leagues, that is obvious. That's something that he needs to work on and get better at. Well, I think I mean, we didn't, Adley didn't have a spring training. So that's, it's kind of unfair to really judge him early right now because he just, he never was with us from the, he was only in the clubhouse, but he didn't, he didn't have one workout in spring training. He got hurt um, in minor league, um, kind of a minor league mini camp before we started. So he had kind of an unusual start to the season where he had to sit for a couple months then he kind of did a, a rehab throughout the minor leagues, which is never a true, uh, you know, day in, day out. He doesn't know our pitching staff, a lot of guys on, on the pitcher. So it's just so much for him right now to grasp. I mean, to be a young catcher right now in, in you know, in our business is super, super hard, especially when, you, when you're expected to hit as well. Um, and it's a lot thrown at him right now from game calling to pitch calm to understanding our, who's on the mound to then try to get, take four good at bats a night against the AL East pitchers. It's not it's very, very challenging. So just being patient with him, being positive And, and uh, he's, he's incredibly talented. He's got huge power from both sides of the plate. He's going to be a really good defensive catcher as we go along and, and uh, be really happy with happy to have him. And, and I'm looking forward to watching his progress. Yeah. We had uh, AJ Hinch on a couple of days ago. And he was talking about the Jays prospect, Gabriel Moreno. This was before Moreno had appeared. He'd just been called up. And I, I, I asked AJ, what do you look for when you see a young catcher? Even it, whether it's not, doesn't have to be your catcher, just any catcher, a catching prospect, what do you look for? And he said, well, you know, you, you look for the way he handles the pitching staff. And I mean, he basically listed off a whole bunch of things except offense. And then he kind of added, the thing is, sometimes what the manager wants to see isn't exactly what the fans and the media want to see. Like I, I may be happy with what I'm getting, but all the fans see is, is the batting average has, have you had to talk to Adley about expectations or, or in general, do you find it's a message you have to sort of get out there? Even, even through the media, Brandon, just to kind of, kind of put the tamper, kind of put, put the damper, I should say on expectations. I've been trying to downplay it since before he got here. <laughs> so um, that hasn't, you know, I got asked about him a lot you know, when he wasn't here early this year. I try to downplay it then. I try to downplay it when he got here. I just want the kid to try to relax and play, try to be himself as much as possible. That's impossible, actually, mm-hmm. with the with the hype that, mm-hmm. that he came with. Um, you know, Baltimore fans, rightfully so, they're looking for something to cheer about. It's been, it's been a tough few years, and, they, you know, they've heard about Adley and, you know, we had a T-shirt day for him, and at Camden Yards, like there's a lot of things that are that are, you know, being positively talked about him for a long time now, and, and fans want to see him. And I just want him to not try to live up to anything 
and just be a kid and go play um, as much as he possibly can, understanding their social media, understanding that there's fans' expectations. I'm, I'm putting zero expectations on him except to, to go play Major League Baseball and go learn every at-bat and go, go try to catch as many good innings as possible. And he's so talented that things are going to work out. I went, I've gone through this before. I wasn't the manager, but on a coaching staff with Bryant, Baez, yeah. um, you know, these type of guys. And so I, I knew when, with the day Chris Bryant got to Chicago, there was a billboard around Wrigley Field. So I, I know what Adley's going through. And it's, and it's, not, it's really not fair. It, it's, uh, it's hard enough to then have to live up to people's expectations and, the, and to try to hit in today's, today's game in the big leagues is super hard already. So just want to play. Yeah, you, meant, you mentioned trying to stay positive. And when I was a player, it was all about average. You know, I played first base. I came up. I was the top prospect for the, for the Brewers. And it was, if you're hitting 200, eh, there's a good chance you're getting sent down. And that was sort of the bar is you could tell big scoreboards, you peak up, it's 200. Eh, probably sooner than later, you're getting sent down. And you, and you, the way you're talking about positivity and the way you sell it, that's pretty cool. It's not the easiest thing to be a good salesman for a guy. Let's be honest, hitting a buck 83. There's only so many ways you can sell that. Is there a stat, you know, a positive stat other than the average, the obvious thing looking at the scoreboard? Is there one of those stats like hard hit percentage? I don't know. Maybe that's one. Maybe you laugh at that. I sort of do sometimes. But is there a certain stat positive-wise that you could go to to say it is that number, but you look at this, there's a bunch of different ways to keep it positive? No, I do think, I mean, you can look at hard hit because it does kind of give you a, it does give you a, a, a you know, a, a view of kind of what what's happening when they hit the baseball. Sure. Are they being unlucky? Are they not? You know, their job is to hit the ball hard. So a lot of times, Guys think they hit the ball hard, but it wasn't a really good at bat. I'm kind of looking at it's. Not, I'm not looking at really a stat as much as I am like the quality of Adley's at bats or young players at bats. Mm-hmm. Um, if I see Chase or I see panic in the box, um, that's uncharacteristic. Like Adley's got a really advanced feel for the strike zone, um, and that's why he's going to hit because he 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 takes walks. Um, he gets in good hitters counts um, when there's. When he gets, if he gets to a point, and there's been a couple games where we're kind of deeper in the game where, you know, you can see he hasn't gotten a hit yet or a young player hasn't gotten a hit yet, and they kind of go out of their, uh, kind of do things uncharacteristically or maybe swing at a first pitch breaking ball down in the dirt or things like that, chase with two strikes that's, that they don't usually do, then you kind of, you know, you kind of want to talk to him about it a little bit. Just remember to control the strikes. You control the strike zone, you're going to have success. Your hands are great. Um, you, if you swing at strikes, there's, you're going to have a great chance to hit. And um, I haven't seen that, at least with controlling the strikes so this whole time. Um, like I said, he's also trying to catch nine innings and trying to catch a W behind the plate. So there's a ton going on you know, mentally throughout the game. Um, he had one DH day in Kansas City. He, he barreled four balls, was three for four, hit four balls right on the screws. That was great to see, both left and right-handed. So for me, it's just it's there. It's just going to, you know, the results haven't quite happened. He has lined out a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a small sample right now. And I, I, I saw Chris Bryant not hit a homer for a month and then hit 28 about the next three. So it, it's just, there's just got to take some time, man. You just got to be patient. Brandon, we really appreciate your time today. Thanks so much. It's great stuff. Thank Good you. Good stuff, man. Be well, travel All right, safely. Thanks for having me on, fellas. All right. Thank thanks, you. man. Thanks. Take care.
Brandon Hyde, manager of the Baltimore Orioles. I, I, yeah. You think about the job that he's in. He's in. Yeah, he's a winner. He wants. He wants to win, and and to know going into a season that you ain't gonna win, <laughs> like that. That can't be the easiest thing to stay positive and know that you have to be a part of that. Have to is a strong word, but you sort of do. If you want to stay in the big leagues as a manager, you got to be a part of this. And seeing the light at the end of the tunnel can't be the easiest thing to see as a manager when you. You're competitive. Yeah, you see, you might, you might see the light at the end of the tunnel. Then all of a sudden, there's this big pinstripe thing that cuts in front, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. that cuts off the or light. Or here comes Vladdy. And then all of a sudden, here comes Vladdy. <laughs> yeah. And then all Bo's of a sudden, hair. oh, my God, here's Kevin Cash coming in. <laughs> yeah. And then, oh, here, here's here's Raphael, Raphael Devers. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, listen, it's uh, they've got a long, long slog yeah. ahead of them. You know, they had, uh, was, was it the name of their pitching prospect who hurt his arm? Yeah. Uh, this year, and is it Grayson Rodriguez? I, I'm drawing a blank right now, but he hurt his arm this year. Uh, that That's going to be, as as Brandon said, that's kind of the next thing is when do you start working in some of your, when do you get elite homegrown arms? When do you get your Alec Manoa? That's, the, that's what the Orioles need. They need their Alec Manoa. Mm-hmm. They need the guy that you can kind of hang your hat on. And mostly what they need is whatever ownership thing's going on there, they need it to be settled so that if in two years this team is in a position, you know, in two years, maybe Boston, you know, guys are going to get paid within two years. One thing you know about this, within the next two years, the Jays, the Rays, and the Red Sox are going to have to pony up big time for their players. They're going to have to spend a crap ton of money to keep their roster intact. And maybe if you're the Orioles, maybe that presents you an opportunity, but you got to be ready to strike. Sure. You got to be ready to strike. And, you know, we talk about, about the fences and that. Hey, if, I, if I'm Baltimore, I mean, if I'm Baltimore, I'm putting my fences back to 630 feet and I'm going out and signing every free agent catcher I can po- or every free agent pitcher I can possibly uh, find. But they've got, it is going to be a hard, it's going to be a hard row. It's a hard road to hoe for that team. You hope, Brandon, if if when they do start winning is a part of it. He, he's just not that that guy that has to go through all of these 100, 100 loss seasons. And then when it comes time to win, they go out and get a better manager. not saying better manager, but get a another man- manager. Absolutely. That that would be a horrible yeah, thing. So I, hopefully he's a part of that. I'm a big when, – when you do a project like this, you know, I'm a big fan of you've you've got you to gotta reward the guy – that was in the dugout, I think, unless the guy's just a horrible manager, which I don't think, uh, no, you know, I don't think no, so nobody's ever said that. You've got to reward the guy for putting in the hard yards. I, I just think you have to. I, I, I think it's, 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 a decent, it's a decent thing to do. And, um, you know, it's tough to judge a manager, man, until you, you see him have to win games. Oh. And this is, I point back to Shai Davidi's article that he did on sportsnet.ca yesterday. You know, th- this is... Go back and look at 2016, that wild card game, and look at the stuff that's happened to the Orioles since then. It's it has been a long, hard slog even to get to this point. You know, it's been a it. They've been they've been it's been a slog to get Adley Rutschman. I mean, it just has. They haven't had a player of that quality come into this team in a long time. And yeah, I'm with you, man. I, I I I get the impression from talking to people that that and and I think you heard 
You heard Brandon talk about the waiver claims they're using in the bullpen. There's a sense that they've kind of taken care of some of the stuff in the background. They're going into the international market. Their minor league system is no longer the worst in baseball. It's it's on the up. We had uh, Rock Kabutka on a couple of days ago talking about that. They've invested in guys. When an organization, Kevin, makes good calls and waiver claims, that tells me that at least they've got there's some baseball intelligence in that front and office there are guys the that are exactly there are guys that i ah. they're identifying guys who can help okay them. what what better time to practice that than when we stink maybe sure. maybe we figure out a game plan or or a, a you know a, a a playbook that tells us how when it's go time and we're yeah. wanting to win this is how you go about it so what better way to but figure I, it out than when you're losing 100 games i'll tell you what, i really <laughs> you mentioned this again in blue jays talking i'm going to point this out i love the fact that last night I do too. he didn't get cute no closes in the game in the road guy. here's my best guy man we got a chance to win this game and yeah i guarantee you guys in that in that clubhouse it's probably one of the, it's probably one of the best feelings they've had this year to be honest they it, beat they beat the jays it is they just think about how good a salesman you'd have to be to sell a buck 83 yeah. Well, I don't know. Don't, don't, no. it's a, it's a, there's only so many ways you can sell a buck 83 because the first thing when fans show up, the first thing they see is not hard hit percentage. It's 183 on right. that big giant scoreboard. But, and he's supposed to be our top prospect. But Man, that you got to be a good salesman. Like you, you really you do. do. You do. You have to be a good you salesman. Do. It's And it's not just a salesman to the player. No. Nope. You've got to be, you, you've got to. You got to put the message out there to your fan base. And if Moreno uh, showed up and he was 0 for 15, what would fans be saying? Depends. I, I think it's 0 for 15. What would no, they be I saying? I think it's different when you show up on a winning team. I don't. Oh, I do. If, I if, don't. If, if, Top if, prospect. Top yeah, prospect. Yeah, but Kevin, you know what? He, he, yeah, he's he is the top prospect according to a couple of ratings. Systems or not systems, but a couple of people who who really knows what the top prospect is in the J system. What if Aurelvis Martinez is actually better than him? We don't know. They're prospects. All right. Well, and yeah, I'm not. Obviously, there's hype around Moreno, but for me, if the team's winning and he's giving me good defense and he's over 15, it's not perfect, but team's winning. You got back to what you said. Are you getting in the way? No. Even if you're 0 for 15, are you getting in the way? No. Are you killing rallies? If you're killing rallies, that's different. But if you're hitting 8th or ninth, and you're I'll not say. really killing Here's rallies. I, you, you know how you force him in a lineup even though pitchers are doing the shake-off and don't like that? Yet. That's how you put him in a lineup. That's how you sell it to a starting pitcher. Oh, by the way. He, I shake off a lot, not like that. He's not thinking. He's not he's on the same go page as me. Four. Oh, you know what? He's going three, he's for, three four. for four, hitting in the eight. Yep. In the eight that's hole. fair. That's point. how you sell it. That's a fair point. Uh, Tim Kirchin is MLB writer and analyst with ESPN. He's one of our favorites. He'll join us next. We've got tickets to see the Jays and Red Sox on the 27th as well. And Barker's back leg bits. Don't go anywhere. It's Blair and Barker on 590, 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts.